Sashinka the space dog. Sashinka was a good dog. She heard it all the time from the scientists. She didn't cause any trouble. She did everything they asked. The only thing she expected was for her rocket ship to work like they promised. It was supposed to go up, circle the Earth, and come back down. That's not what happened, though. See, this story was back in the 1950s, when people were first sending rockets to space, long before there were thousands of satellites circling the Earth. A day or two before her launch, strangers showed up at the lab. They wanted to test something called an exotic matter box. They were so careful with it, securing it right next to Sashinka. Sashinka knew that it didn't matter how careful they were. When the rocket went up, there'd be so much shaking that their little box would feel like that squirrel she caught that one time. She'd shook him real good. The squirrel eventually got away, but he'd always remember her. It was one of her proudest moments. Stupid squirrel. Back to the box. Sashinka was ready for the rocket. She trained for it in countless simulations, but the little box had no idea what was coming. She wasn't surprised when it broke loose during launch. What was surprising was how the moment she reached altitude just above the earth, the little box floated in front of her, and time seemed to stop. Then she was falling again. She felt the parachutes open on her capsule. She landed, and her restraints popped off. The door opened. This was an important moment. See, her rocket was the product of Russian science, and as such, the last thing her masters wanted was for it to fall into American hands. It was the Cold War, and people were worried about stuff like that. Sashinka had a little button on her spacesuit, just inside the collar. If she pushed it, her spaceship would be blown to pieces, and her along with it. She'd been trained to recognize Americans, how they looked, and most importantly, how they smelt. If she caught a whiff of McDonald's or Old Spice, she was immediately to hit the destruct button. She didn't want to do it, but it was her duty. Luckily, she didn't have to worry, because there were no humans waiting where she landed. She was alone. Sashinka looked around. She wanted to get some sniffs in, but she couldn't. She was stuck in her spacesuit with a fishbowl helmet on her head. For such smart humans, those scientists could be very disappointing, she thought. She considered her options on how to get the helmet off. She pawed at it, tried chewing at it, and eventually came to the only possible solution, slamming her head into the spaceship. She hit it hard again and again. Of course, the thing was made to survive the pressure of outer space, so it was pretty tough. You look insane, you know that, right? Completely mad, Sashinka heard a voice say. She turned, expecting to see someone. She growled softly while thinking. Who's there? The helmet was particularly frustrating, since as a dog, she used her nose to identify people. Where people see the world through their eyes, dogs take it in as a floating field of smells. Her eyes usually worked well, too, but since to all appearances she was completely alone and she was hearing voices, she had to assume there was something wrong with them. Maybe I am going insane, she thought. I certainly hope not. If you are, I might have to leave you out here. Sashinka turned around. She felt like one of those silly dogs that chased its own tail. She wondered if it was the radio. Sometimes the speaker in her helmet spoke to her, but that didn't feel like this. Oh, no. I'm not on your radio, my dear. I'm in your head, talking straight to your mind. Okay, but where are you actually? Sashinka thought. Climbing up your back. Sashinka bared her teeth and growled. Usually, she had a calm nature. That's the reason she made such a good cosmonaut. But even she had limits. She started to spin, trying to see what was on her. It looked like she was chasing her tail. 
She was just about to roll in the dirt when the voice said, Please don't, I'm trying to get your helmet off. Unless, of course, you'd rather get back to ramming your head. There was a pop from her neck, and the odor of a foreign world flooded in. The only smell that was familiar was one she didn't care for. She started to shake her head. Hang on now, there's a second latch, the voice said. Sashinka was still swinging her neck back and forth, trying to get the helmet off. It went flying through the air. She shook again, then looked up towards the moon. It was out in the daylight, and there was a second one floating next to it. Well, that's going to be good. She thought as she sniffed, knowing she was somewhere other than the earth she grew up on. The new smells were odd, but not terrible. However, that one smell, the one that was familiar, filled her with anger. Cats, she thought. They were far away, but there were a lot of them. In the distance, she saw something odd. It was hard to tell that it was a city. The buildings were strange. They looked like giant soap bubbles that had swollen up and frozen. And behind them was a structure that dwarfed them all. Sashinka had never been to Egypt, but if she had, she would have recognized it as a pyramid. She heard something moving near her, and she started to growl. She looked toward her helmet. It was upside down and rocking on the desert sand. It was covered in dust and dirt, so she couldn't see inside it. But something was there. Her growl got deeper, and she bared her teeth. A single eye popped up and stared at her. Sashinka did what any dog would do. She barked. Then she jumped forward to sink her teeth into the creature. Don't hurt me, said the voice in her head. Sashinka skidded to a stop just over the helmet. She looked down and saw a puddle of green goo with an eyeball in the center staring up at her. Sashinka may not have been able to form words, but that didn't mean she couldn't think them. Weird. Was the only way she could describe what she was seeing. Yes, I suppose that's fair, the voice said. She was still debating over attacking, but the voice added, Please. I just helped you get that thing off. It would be a bit rude for you to, um, chomp me up and shred me. Was that really what you were thinking? Those were indeed her thoughts. You're in my head? Sashinka asked. Yes, it's how my people communicate. We are telepaths. Can't say I care for that. Sashinka thought while growling again to drive home her point. She felt him there, even when he wasn't talking, like a buzzing in the back of her head. It'll take a bit of getting used to, I suppose. Or I could just tear you apart, Sashinka thought. Um, yes, that is an option, the voice agreed. But then you'd be here in an alien world all by yourself, surrounded by monsters. The voice spoke in Sashinka's head, but it wasn't only with words. She was seeing pictures as well. When it said monsters, a very clear image of cats entered her mind. I'm not afraid of cats. I have no use for them, of course, but... The voice interrupted. Yes, yes, but you are a single dog on an alien world with hundreds of them, and you'll find they aren't very nice. Sashinka thought. Of course cats aren't nice. If people didn't think they were cute, they would have figured that out. We dogs know about cats. We've tried telling our people, but do they listen? No. Yet. They let those little monsters into their houses. Houses that we dogs protect. We are loyal, or cats are in it for free food. Stupid, lazy cats. They even get to poop in the house. I do that and I get hit with the paper. How fair is that? So what I'm getting is that you have issues with cats? Yes, I suppose you could say that. Sashinka agreed, while more thoughts about cats ran through her head, none of which were positive. Well, listen, friend, my name is Scoop, and you, I believe, are the hero I've been waiting for. Sashinka wagged her tail. How did you know I was a hero? The scientists had called her this when she'd been taken for the space program. They always said things like, 
You are a hero for the communist cause, or you are a hero to Russian people, or her favorite, a true hero to dogs for your sacrifice and bravery. They'd scratch her behind her ear when they said it, or they'd give her a treat. She liked being a hero. Just look at you. Everything about you screams hero, Scoop told her. She held her head a little higher. I suppose it does. Scoop's eyeball came back up out of the helmet. He creeped out over the edge till the helmet rocked and poured him out. He didn't have much shape to him. He was a blob with tentacles. Sashinka could almost see the ground through his body. Parts of him shimmered a little as he moved, like there were shiny flecks just below his surface. You are an alien life form, Sashinka asked in her thoughts. She heard the scientists talk about this. They debated it all the time. Were there aliens on the moon? Were there aliens on Mars? Of course, it'd be years before Earth science would make it to either place, finding them disappointingly empty. Actually, you're on my planet, so you are the alien, Scoop said. Sashinka tilted her head, thinking about this. I don't agree. I'm a dog, and you are an alien. Scoop shook his eye and blinked. Look, I'm not going to argue with you. You want me to be an alien, that's fine. But as I said, you are a hero. I can tell. And that's exactly what my people need. Why? Sashinka asked. We've got an infestation problem. I must show you something. Come with me. It's a long journey to the mountains. Scoop waved one tentacle for her to follow. Then she started moving. He crawled along the desert floor. He wasn't very fast. Sashinka watched the alien, who was leaving a slime trail behind him. Is there something wrong with you? She asked. No, why? You are just so incredibly slow. I have actually very agile for one of my people, Scoop's thoughts rumbled. Sashinka followed him for a moment more while looking ahead. Where are we going again? I told you, toward the mountains. He pointed towards the weird city and a rock outcropping that was next to it. It was much too small to be a mountain, but everything else was so flat that it was the most mountainous thing around. There were also a few boulders surrounding it. They were roughly the size of her space capsule. So this is what passes for a mountain range around here? She thought. When you're my size, it does. Not for the first time, Sashinka found it unpleasant having someone reading her mind. She took a few steps and found herself far ahead of Scoop, who was hurrying to catch up. His hurrying was unimpressive. Sashinka noticed how the buzzing in her head went away the further she was from him. She was tempted to keep going. But then she'd just be waiting for him on the other side of the desert. She looked at the sort of mountains, then back at the alien. She could hear him puffing and straining with effort, creeping along the ground. She wasn't sure if he was ever going to make it. What are you doing? She bent down with her mouth open, picking him up with her teeth. Then she started to run. Even though she was still wearing her spacesuit, she was graceful compared to the alien. Her strides were long and loping. Ah! Scoop screamed in her head. Please stop yelling. But you're drooling on me. I can feel your teeth and we're going so fast. I'm sorry, but I haven't got all day. Sashinka had no idea how long a day was on this planet, but she knew she didn't want to be out in the sun any longer than she had to. At some point, she'd have to figure out how to get the rest of her spacesuit off, or she'd melt. Scoop would have heard this thought, and probably would have helped if he hadn't been so busy freaking out. It wasn't long before Sashinka reached the mountain and started climbing. There was still no shade, and the sun was beating down on the poor dog. They came to the top, and Scoop said, 
Try to stay low so they don't see you. Sashinka didn't have to ask who. She could smell the cats on the air. She dropped him on the ground, then her long tongue hung out, panting. Scoop said, At first we thought they were cute, but then they started to breed. I don't understand, Sashinka thought. She was about to ask where all the cats came from, but then she looked down at the city and saw the blue surface of water reflecting off the sun. There were pools and ponds and tiny streams running beneath the round bottoms of the strange structures. Water! Was the only thought Sashinka was capable of. It looked so cool and inviting. She started down the hill. Scoop grabbed hold of her back leg and tried stopping her. No, they'll see you! I don't care, I am so hot! Uh, There was nothing Scoop could do. Sashinka was off and running. This side of the mound was much steeper and rougher than the side she climbed up. Sashinka jumped over crags and onto boulders, moving at an alarming pace over the broken terrain. She tripped somewhere near the bottom and rolled right into the water with Scoop still in Her spacesuit started to fill, making it heavier and even harder to move in. Instinct took over and she kicked her legs, using the swim stroke named for her species, the doggy paddle. She was desperate to stay above the surface, but the weight was dragging her down. Stop splashing and let me get this thing off! Scoop shouted in her head. Sashinka tried relaxing, certain that she'd sink to the bottom as soon as she stopped moving. She was right. She did sink. She slipped under the surface and touched the bottom of the pool, an entire two feet below her. By craning her neck, she was able to pop her head up out of the water. Scoop dug around at the seam of the spacesuit. There were hooks and zippers and seals to be removed. Luckily, Scoop moved much better in the pool. He seemed stronger, too. He dove inside the suit, releasing the harness that held Sashinka. The bottom half fell away. She ducked down and pulled herself out of the top. As she surfaced, she thought, Thank you. You're a very foolish dog. You've put us in a terrible danger, Scoop answered back, sounding frightened. Sashinka looked around and understood why. Surrounding the pool of water were hundreds of cats. They were sitting back on their haunches, watching the dog and the alien. The cat's tails were waving slowly. Their eyes were attentive and amused. They were happy to have something new to play with. Well, that's not good, Sashinka thought. No, Sashinka, that isn't good. To find out what happened to our space-traveling dog, you'll have to tune in next week for part two, in which Sashinka meets the Egyptian gods who forgot to set their alarm clock. While this story is fiction, the Russians really did send dogs into space in the 50s. The first one to orbit the Earth was named Laika. To my knowledge, she or any of the other dogs never traveled to an alien world. But then again, communist Russia could be pretty secretive. History is a crazy thing, especially when you're living in it. I hope you're all staying safe while enjoying your summer. I'm still debating over how I want to release The Adventures of Sparky and Spazwood. I want to make each chapter available here to listen to, but I'm waiting for the studio I want to record in to open back up. I don't know if you can tell in the ill-advised stories, but I live under an airport, so every once in a while you might hear a plane taking off. Anyway, starting right after Sashinka Part 2, I'll be putting up some cartoons for Sparky and Spazoid at the ill-advised stories Instagram page and Facebook page. I'll try and figure out a few other places to put them too. Sashinka was played by Anna, and I think she did an amazing job. The music, as always, was provided by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening.